You are unique. There's no other person on the planet who is exactly like you. And you were created this way on purpose. The Bible says Jesus came to give us not just life, but life to the full. This podcast is dedicated to helping you learn about who God made you to be and how to live life to the full. We're so glad you stopped by. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Uniquely You podcast. I am Emily Honey, and I'm here with my co-host and mom, Charlie Glenn. Hello. And we have a special, very special guest with us today, my sister-in-law, my mom's daughter-in-law, JJ Glenn. You want to say hi, JJ? Hi. <laughs> so we're interviewing people from all the different numbers of the Enneagram. And so JJ is here representing twos for us today. So we're just going to jump right in. Are you ready to answer some questions, JJ? I'm always ready to answer some questions. <laughs> I know. You're so prepared. I love it. Okay. So first, just tell us about yourself. You know, you can say your name again, what you do, your family, anything you want to tell us. Well, um, as you know, you mentioned, my name is JJ and I am a member of this family, which I'm excited about. I love this family, but, um, yes, I'm married to Seth, which Emily's brother, Charlie's son, we've been married for about 12 years, may feel like a hundred sometimes, but it's, <laughs> this year it was 12 and, um, and we have two young boys. We have a 10-year-old and Grayson and then a seven-year-old Deacon who is seven today. So we love celebrating him. I am, let's see, we, I'm also the mother. I have to always give this shout out. I'm also the mother to three rescue pups. And I mean, I'm sure you get to see pictures of them every now and then. So I have three dogs that we're parents to as well. And that probably wouldn't be possible without my job, which I work at the Humane Society. So anybody who knows anything about Humane Societies will completely understand why I have more dogs than I need. And I am the Director of Stewardship and Special Programs at the Humane Society, which nobody knows what that means. Pretty much what it means is that I, really my focus is on making staff and donors alike feel valued, um, let them know that they're making an impact and that it's meaningful. Um, the, with staff, it's team building, making them feel appreciation for what they do and that we appreciate them. And then as far as donors, you know, showing them the impact of their gifts so that the hope is that they give again. Knowing I'm a two, should help you probably see, oh, that makes sense that that's JJ's job and why she does what she does. (laughs) And she's really good at it. Yes, she is. Yeah. I mean, I've been told that, but we'll see. I mean, (laughs) um, I mean, I think especially with the Humane Society, it's, we're, we're good with animals, but sometimes we're not as friendly with people. And so getting to be in the people business, (laughs) what I like to call, I really do enjoy it. And it comes natural to me, obviously. So I like it. Absolutely. We are glad to have her. She's our family event planner. Yes, <laughs> she does all the event planning. She's amazing. Not, not do without her. So. Yeah, yeah, my favorite's always when they're like, well, you're really good at this, so we're just going to let you do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure, you guys like to punt it off on you. <laughs> we try to let everybody use their strength. <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah, we yeah. just happen to know what yours is, and ours yeah. is not the same. <laughs> That's so true. It's okay. So JJ, when you first heard about the Enneagram, what were your impressions? 
the Enneagram, I heard about it probably, I don't know, it's been a couple years ago. I really think that it was probably Jenna. I feel like I remember seeing Jenna post about it on Facebook and I love personality tests. I'm obsessed with them. So, mm. oh, it's another new fun personality test. So I took the test. When it came back my number, I was like, mm, I mean, there's some things, yes, yeah, some things, no. I think sometimes because you don't want to believe that that's really who you are. <laughs> so then I kind of forgot about it. And then um, another friend had texted me one day and said, what number are you? And I'm like, what is this? You know? So I could see its sense of popularity, like arising. Right. But I think um, what I've talked to Charlie about many a times is initially you think of it just as another personality test. It's really right. hard to explain, but obviously living next door to Charlie. Yes, I did move next door to my mother-in-law and that would show how awesome she is <laughs> because I couldn't move next to my mother-in-law if she wasn't awesome. But I think living in close proximity with her and hearing more about the Enneagram, you learn that it's not just a personality test. There's so many layers to it. Mm -hmm. And what I love about it is its uniqueness in that it's not just, oh, you're a sanguine, check that box off, or oh, you're a ESTJ. And then you're just like, and congratulations, that's what you are and you move on. But it's like, well, you can be a two with a wing and you can be a two with a subtype. And so it really shows you the layers of who you are as a person. Right. And I like how when it shows you the core fears and motivations, it really shows the essence of, oh, okay, now I understand why I am the way that I am. Mm -hmm. Not just, I am this check the box, but there's right. so many layers to me and there's a reason to it. And then it helps you to be able to like, I guess, just learn more about yourself and other people, which I appreciate. And I think for me, just knowing that everyone that's a two isn't going to be just like you. Right. We are yeah. really unique no matter what our number is. And we can get as deep into the layers of the Enneagram as we want. We don't have to. We can just take the test and go, oh, this is what I am. Or you can learn more. It, it's just your choice. When you found out your type, did you at any point feel like it put you in a box? No, not really. I mean, I think because once you learn a little bit more about it, you can't be put in a box. And that's one of the things I liked about it, where I feel like a lot of other personalities do just put you in a box and you're done. And there's not a lot of things that are applicable. Does that make sense? I think that's where I struggle a lot with tests is, okay, you're a gold, good for you. And then there's nothing to move forward. Whereas mm -hmm. The Enneagram is so applicable, not only to yourself and how you have different layers to your personality and how those shift depending on stress or your security point or whatever, but also too, when it comes to other people, I mean, I can work with a one who's going to be very different than another one. And right. so it's not just learning about the one, it's about learning how they do have different wings and they're going to act in different ways. And then it helps you humanize them even more and then figure out, okay, they're, they're acting this way because they're in stress mode right now. And maybe I need to change how I'm communicating so I can talk to that person a little bit different. As I listen to you, I think this fits really well with your position at the Humane Society since you're there to... Um, show how valuable each of your coworkers are, how valuable your sponsors are, or donors. If we were in a great, perfect world where you could know everybody's number and right. know how to <laughs> speak to them in their language, so to speak, to show that 
appreciation to show them that you know how valuable they are. I think that's why this is such a great tool, especially for businesses. Right. It's definitely a great tool for businesses. I think that that's another reason why I like personality tests is because I go, oh, well, is this going to be something great I can use at work? And so with this, it's it's so true because I see how in so many different areas you can take this and really apply it. I think you can always do the beginning session, always kind of that analysis of who you are, but then really going deep and maybe the next time of digging deep and showing how you can deal with each other during conflict, how you can deal with each other in stress. And I think because of that, I see it being so useful in the workplace. And yeah, I mean, I think obviously we, when we talk about twos, twos naturally get people, you know, you can walk into a room and kind of sense what's going on with a person. Exactly. So that is what makes it nice for me and my job and why it comes natural to me is because I can walk into a room and sense that someone's a little down in the dumps and how can we make that person feel appreciated and not only for not only make them feel appreciated, but how do I personally make them feel appreciated? All my friends make fun of me because I'm like, I can't just go buy a gift and just go buy anything where a lot of people are like, oh, it's their birthday. I can just get them flowers or I can just go get them a gift card. And that stresses me out. I have to like, oh, no, no, no. What did they say six months ago that they said they wanted or they said they needed to stop and make them feel like they're appreciated and that they were seen even six months ago and that you remember. And so being able to have that natural ability to gift, to be able to find personal gifts for people, it really works well with staff and donors um, and things like that, but then also just personally too. But I think, you know, that's one of the superpowers, I guess, of the two. So yes, you're a fantastic gift not, giver. <laughs> not mine. You are. I mean, I am so bad at gift giving. She just puts me in touch. <laughs> I'm just jealous of her ability to remember six months ago. <laughs> no. <laughs> Even if I write it down, I can't find my note in six months. <laughs> just put it in your phone. Of course, then you won't be able to find where it is in your phone. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, Seth attempted to do that with me one time. It didn't work out in his benefit. So we're like, you know, it's okay. You're not a two. <laughs> keep, keep it in your lane. It'll be okay. Right. <laughs> the two making us feel valuable. So yes, <laughs> even when we have those weaknesses. But I mean, like back to what you asked earlier, like even hearing, I, I said this a little bit, hearing that I was a two, I kind of like fought that a little bit at the beginning. Mm -hmm because people, because of what it said, when people do, like twos do what they do because they want to feel loved. Mm -hmm. And I think I don't do this because I want to be loved. That's kind of where I was like, I wanted to fight it. And I was kind of like, there's no way this is me. Because I think as a Christian woman, we naturally feel like we're called to serve right. and to invest in people's lives and to love them where they are. And so having that natural ability, but then going, okay, well, no, as a Christian woman, that's what I'm supposed to do. That's part of my calling. And so I understand why twos can, why a lot of people can be misdiagnosed as a two because of that. So I kind of was like, well, Charlie, am I really a two? Because I kind of, I don't do this because I want people to love me. But then that was another great thing is dig into the layers. I'm like, oh, I guess I kind of do. You know, because if I'm fearful that people are not going to love me, if I don't do these things, then 
okay, I give up. I am a two. Like, that, <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Like, I, I do that to a certain, even with like not even realizing that's really maybe why on the deeper level I do do that. But I do because I want them to feel loved because I want to feel loved back. Not mm-hmm. only just because, I don't know, it seemed manipulative to me at the beginning. And I think that's why I was angry about it. But digging a little bit more, it's like, well, it's not manipulative. I mean, it is. You can, who's can take it to a manipulative yeah, level? Sure, yeah. definitely, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to, but there are tactics right. yeah. to do that. Right. And I'm not going to, I can't say that probably I haven't used that <laughs> tactic in the past. <laughs> We're going to be fully transparent. But I think now knowing that I'm a two and reading more about it, I'm thankful I'm a two and I love being a two, but also know kind of where to stay away from the sinful side of the two as well. (laughs) It is helpful to know that, isn't it? It is. It is true. You know? Yeah. It definitely helps create like some of those um, like warning signs. Like you can see like, oh, I'm doing this. That may not be good. (laughs) Yeah. Especially because I think when people say no to me, because as twos, we don't feel like we can ever say no. I think one thing I definitely learned is by someone saying no to me, I can't take that as personal rejection. Mm-hmm. You know, it's them like health, them being healthy and creating their own boundaries. But since twos struggle to know where that fine line of a good boundary is, I think being able to do that. Yeah. You start to sense that of like, oh, I, I'm not feeling rejected. They're not trying to reject me. They don't not love me. They just have to have their own healthy boundaries and that's okay. Yeah, it's true. And you have to have your healthy boundaries. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny how your superpower as a two is to see what the needs are when you walk in a room, but your weakness is to know where the boundaries are (laughs) sometimes when it comes to helping that person. Like, right. Like whose needs to not meet or whatever. Right. To meet. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I mean, if I'm honest, like I, I can definitely, you know, learning about other numbers. I see a, I have a two in my life. I think she's a two. I'm not supposed to diagnose people, but I think they're two, but they are one of those people to where if you send a text message and say, Hey, my car has broke down and I need a mechanic. Is there any recommendations? The next text message from this person is going to be like, I've already found your mechanic. Your appointment's at 3 PM for it. Good luck. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. So I think like being able to see those kind of twos, you're going, I don't want to be like that. You know, I need to be able to sense when they say no, they don't need my help. Then I just need to let it go and move on. And also too, being like willing to look at the situation and go, you know what? They have to find their own path one, but also two, then maybe somebody else is supposed to help them. Maybe I'm not, it's not supposed to be me today or in this season Maybe they're supposed to go find that from their community or from a family member or somebody else. It doesn't always have to be me as a child. Right. Yeah. And that's what a healthy two needs to know is that there's a time and a place when it's your need to meet. And there's a time and a place when it's not your need to meet. Somebody else needs to meet it. Right. And if you can acknowledge that and act on that and stop yourself before you do something and think, where am I going with this? Is this my need to meet? Yeah, that's, that's a really healthy too. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to be healthy, Charlie. <laughs> Make it a little bit easier. <laughs> you know me, I'm a nine. I accept everyone. I love everyone. Right. But what's great about living next to a two is also, well, I'm also living in a home with a two. I mean, not a two, a nine. You're a nine, Seth's a nine. But I think too, it's also... A being in close proximity to each other, it's nice to say, for me to look at Charlene and be like, 
okay, you can say no. You need to say yeah. no today. You need to create healthy boundaries for yourself. <laughs> yeah. Realize you're not doing it. And then for her to do the same for me and being like, okay, you, if you're overwhelmed this week, you don't have to go help your friend move over the weekend. And yeah. well, no, I'll feel bad. No, you don't have to. You know, so I think being able to hold each other accountable, the nines and the twos together is really nice. <laughs> it is. We have a good understanding of each other. Right. <laughs> we just, our motivation doesn't come from the same place. So. Right. And then Emily can come in and be like, well, but think about this. And I need you to think about yep. this. Yep. <laughs> Here are all the possibilities, guys. Right. All the possibilities. Right, right. <laughs> so it's a good combination. With that. <laughs> yes. And here's kind of a crazy question. How did you prepare for this interview today? Well, yes, I did. Okay. If we hadn't given you questions, how would oh. that have made you feel? It wouldn't have made me feel uncomfortable. I mean, it's kind of like a challenge. You know, I've had to do stuff for the news channel with oh, work right. and yeah, stuff, yeah. which of course that's a little bit different because those days are like, I don't know what dog I'm going to get and have to talk about. And so it's really just kind of a last minute thing, which is why I'm never good at it. Cause I'm just like, this is a really cute dog. You should adopt it. <laughs> And I feel like I look like a dork, like um, in front of Oklahoma City. On, but so I think that has kind of prepared me a little bit for this kind of stuff. But it doesn't mean I don't get nervous. Having the questions is really nice because I can prep and kind of talk it out loud. And because I talk too much anyway, helps me to kind of narrow it down and not talk as much. <laughs> That's good. We've already pretty much told us how you felt when you found out your number. Yeah. Yeah. You talked about that. What's your favorite thing about being a two? Probably the superpower. I think that, I think reading about it, one thing that's interesting, and I think I've told this to her before, is being a child as a two, you, it's kind of like, you know, when, when I heard the golden rule, do unto others as you would have done to you, you go, oh, like as a two, it's like, yes, that's spot on. Yes, I'm going to do unto these people and they're going to do it right back onto me. And so you love that about yourself that you can sense these things in people and you can kind of love them where they are. So, I mean, I've loved that about myself. It is hard sometimes when you don't get it back, but I think that I have always loved that. I think there's definitely been seasons when I haven't necessarily appreciated or cherished it as much, but I think now as an adult, I'm very thankful for it. I've seen how it's like led to my path. I think that I, I think I've have a lot of friends that are acquaintances either or because of that, because I can read people and be a good friend. It's kind of one of those things where I think as a two, it's very interesting is as a two, you can look and say, well, all these people think of me. Like, I think I definitely have people that are like, oh, she's one of my best friends or she's one of my closest friends. But as a two, I go, hmm, I don't really think I have that many friends. You know what I mean? So there's right. that contradiction there. But to answer, there I go, being long-winded. To answer your question, <laughs> though, yeah, I do think I appreciate the superpower of it and being able to kind of read people and gift, give good gifts. For me, there's nothing like watching somebody open a gift that you've thought about and personalized and then opening it and really feeling like known and that's why everybody thinks you're their best friend because that's right you have such insight you're so good at giving very personal gifts yeah that really means something that you know even if we weren't family i would just be blown away by you understanding me enough to get me something i really want 
And you know, for a nine, we don't even know what we want. And you always get a gift that I'm like, wow, yes, I do want that. That's so cool. I didn't even know I wanted it. If people think you're their best friend, it's because you can put such a personal touch on everything. And it really, truly makes them feel valued. Yeah. Yeah. Living with a a nine and having nines in my life is really hard. You guys are the epitome of the challenge of trying to come up with things to get you because you don't even know what you want. So if I can make you guys happy, I can make anybody happy. Right. True. True. That's very true. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Because you really have to listen to what we say for a long time because we don't know. (laughs) Right. Well, and Seth being a man and a two, I really never get anything out of him. Yeah. Yeah. Technology done. What what can I get you? Because it can't be that personalized because you don't even know. That's true. Yeah. Very true. Oh, it's funny. So what's one of your least favorite things about being a two? I think you've kind of hinted at it. Yeah. Do you have a least favorite thing? The least favorite thing is definitely not feeling loved or wanted, I think is the least favorite thing. And it's true. And it's one of those things that I've always struggled with and not really realized why I feel that way Mm -hmm. Um, and that it's real. So I think learning about the Enneagram kind of was this aha moment too of going, okay, I'm not crazy. I'm not the only one that thinks this way. When I have some of those deeper conversations with friends and say, I, well, I just, I don't really feel loved. I don't really feel wanted, or I don't feel like I have any friends. They're like, what do you mean? Like you have a family who loves you. You have friends who love you. What do you, why do you feel lonely? Why do you feel like you don't have any friends? But it's this deep internal, like, but it, any, you feel like you're loved because of what you give. Right. The relationship and not just because of who you are. Right. I think that's a huge struggle. And there's some seasons where you're just like, it's okay. Like you're really in a healthy place. And then some seasons where it really takes on really hard and you can become really melancholy about it of just feeling of loneliness of like, well, if I don't do this or don't do that, or if I show maybe a truer version of myself, they're going to yank that rug of love out from underneath me. Mm-hmm. And not be in my life anymore, that's hard too. You know, or p- being able to create those healthy boundaries and knowing that that means they may not like you anymore, they or they may not love you. That's really hard to create some of those, especially I think maybe with family, it's hard. So that would probably be my least favorite thing. Yeah, it's just the struggles that go along with it. Yeah. Okay, this question wasn't on the list. I'm sorry, but I just thought of it, and I think bring that, it on, Emily. <laughs> I think that you'll be really good at answering it. So, what are things that do make you feel loved or do make you feel valued and appreciated? Good question, Emily. Um, really, kind of the same thing of like. Um, I think when it comes to like words of affirmation, something that I always joke about with Seth is a lot of times I'll find myself asking, why do you love me? Or mm-hmm. why did you pick me? And he is like, I don't know. He's the is, worst at words. <laughs> He's right. the worst at words. Which is not comforting, right? I'm like, oh, <laughs> what do you mean you don't know? There's been 12 years of this. Um, I think though, because he, yeah, he, he just knows that he loves me and he's okay with that. But I think mm-hmm. we ask those questions specifically because we want to know like, you don't just love me because I take care of you or because you married me. You, what do you see about me? And I think the words typically, instead of saying to a two, I really love the way that you give me good gifts, or I really love the way that you're a good friend to me. Those are like actions. So to Mm -hmm. a two, that's going to make them feel like, oh, so if I don't do those things for you anymore, then your love goes away. 
Mm-hmm. Instead, you have to word it, I think, in the sense of, I love you because you're one of those people that makes people feel so celebrated and loved on their birthday. Or mm-hmm. I really love watching you be one of those people that is a good friend to others. It's a different way of saying it to where you take kind of the action out of it. So I think words of affirmation in that way for me make me feel loved to who I am in my soul and my spirit mm-hmm. and those characteristics of me that set me apart from people. Like I want to hear those and not what I do. I also think, I mean, for me, gifts is one of my love language. And the reason they are is for the same reason why I give them is because I want to feel known in, in that moment that you thought about me, that when you saw this mug with a funny saying on it, it made you think of me or, you know, whatever it may be. So things like that, I think definitely make me feel loved. Words of affirmation, the gifts, which once again, even when I heard gifts, um, that that was one of my love languages, I fought against that too, because it still feels selfish. You know, it's still that same kind of sense of like, well, I don't give you a gift because I want one in return. I give you a gift because I love how it makes you feel. And then I get a good feeling in return knowing that you were happy. So I guess things like that definitely make me feel loved. I think what's interesting about being a two and having children is Mm -hmm. for some reason, and that was probably the first time that anybody ever came along where I didn't doubt their love. And I don't know why children do that to you, but maybe because I feel like they have to love me. I don't know, but they don't. Um, But they do such a good job of like loving you unconditionally and not just because you're needed as their mother, but because it's just this innocent love. They have it easy compared to everybody else in my life. (laughs) Well, they just feel so so secure in your presence. You know, they they just love you with that childlike trust, knowing all you have in mind is their best interest. Yeah. Right. I mean, I don't know how to explain it, but it's, if I don't treat them the way that they deserve to be treated that day, they don't stop loving me. Right. And and why, I don't know why for some reason as a two, I, I don't trust that in adults. Maybe because I feel like they know more, whereas children, they just love you anyway. And Or animals too. I mean, it makes sense why I love children and animals because, you know, <laughs> you, right. you know what I mean? You can trust their love a little bit more than you feel like you can with an adult. Right. Wait till they're teenagers. Oh, I know. It's <laughs> I, I'm, I know it's coming up. The 10 year old's already giving me a run for my money for sure. <laughs> and don't take it personal. He's just trying to find himself. Right. So. I don't. Yeah. So true. What else, Emily? Do you have any other? Um, you want to move to how God's grown her, that question? Yeah. That's a question. Yeah. So having, <laughs> what is the question? Lady? We're trying to share the question asking. <laughs> I'm trying to give her the hint that it's her turn without <laughs> giving it a pusher. <laughs> right. My turn, but I didn't know if we needed to go over it. No, I didn't have any others though. I, you know, the one I thought yeah, of. Off the chime in. If she needs to try. Yes, to do it. that's true. Well, that's- I will. She's very confident in her communication. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. She'll chime in. Oh, yeah. Don't you worry. You just keep on going. If I have something to say, I will add it. How has, how do you think God has grown you because of knowing your Enneagram number? I think he has given me the freedom to say no. And that, that, you know, I think I have to, my mindset really has to go to a place, for example, like if I know I have a crazy week 
and you know, my friend's moving this weekend. I'm naturally going to think, oh, I need to like reach out to Stephanie and say, hey, how can I help you? Can I come over and help you pack this week? Can I help you move this weekend? And so naturally as a two, like, I just feel like I need to do those things. But then, you know, as a mom and a wife, and I look at my week and go, okay, well, you're working this week and you've got this going on, this going on. You have to say, oh, well, if I don't reach out to Stephanie and offer help, does that mean she's not going to love me? No. Like, did any of your friends come and help you move, you know, two years ago? No. Did it make you stop loving them? No. And these are the weird things that I have to like think through Mm -hmm. to keep myself on that healthy um, and to, and for God, just to constantly remind me, like, you have the freedom to say no, not only because you need to have healthy boundaries because that's good for you, but also too, because you sometimes, if you're stepping up to the plate, kind of like I mentioned earlier, then you could take the opportunity away from another person. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's their time to shine and you need to step back. Right. So I think God's always kindly showing me it's, you, there's freedom in saying no. And, yeah. um, and, and it doesn't have to be guilt. It can be freedom and figuring out what that looks like for you. And I think also kind of maybe what I mentioned earlier, God's showing me, <laughs> sorry, there's a squirrel outside the, gosh, um, there is, <laughs> uh, that distracted me, um, <laughs> eating my bird seed, eating her bird seed, um, darn squirrels. I know, right? Like fat Gus is out there eating the So uh, anyways, I think too, also the, the Lord really showing me, like I said earlier, not to take things so personal sometimes. And that's hard for me. I think because I give to people so passionately that when I don't feel it reciprocated, it's easy to feel that rejection. And I think God just really showed me, don't take it so personally. Everything doesn't have to be so personal. People are who they are. They don't think the way that you do, that things don't come natural to them the way that they do to you. And so you can't put those expectations on them. And to do that only hurts you, right? Um, mm-hmm. not them. So I think constantly always, God always trying to show me how my expectations can be changed or how I can really filter through things in a healthier manner, I think is great to know that. People aren't rejecting me personally. You know, they're saying no for health reasons or because they can't do that, things like that. I think just being mindful of God showing me all these layers and helping me be more mindful of it helps me find some more freedom in it and understanding, I guess, and not feeling so crazy. Like, I have to make sense. Like, why? Yeah, I think it's, I think I can feel like a mean person, like, my gosh, why am I so mad about that? Or why do I feel so hurt? And then you just kind of feel like a dork. Like, why, why am I so upset about that? Um, But I think God's saying, no, you're not a dork, JJ. You just, you subconsciously have these wants and needs from them, but they can't always give it to you. And that's okay. It doesn't mean that their love for you is any less or that it just means that they can't today. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're all really bad about putting unrealistic expectations on other people. Right. And as we study the Enneagram, we see that we put these patterns in place that aren't healthy for us. We're trying to achieve our core desire and our own power. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it just backfires on us and it's worse than if we just trusted it to God. So right. yeah, True. That's, it's good that you've learned from the Enneagram that you can say no, that you don't have to feel bad when someone else says no, Mm -hmm. because it's not always personal. Right. 
In fact, most of the time, it's probably not. Yeah, it can yeah. definitely be life-changing to believe it. Right. Yeah. Not and to just know it, but to believe it. And that's a step of faith. That's, that's definitely a blind step where you just have to trust God, step out in faith, and act on it. Mm-hmm. We have to apply, apply, apply. So you have to act on knowing that and believing it. Emily? Any question? <laughs> Is it your time? <laughs> no, it's not my time yet. <laughs> you kind of mentioned how it works, it fits in with your work. Mm-hmm. And you've mentioned a little bit about how it fits in with your relationship. Can you tell if it's impacted how you relate to your boys? I mean, you've talked about relating to Seth some. You can talk about both Seth and the boys, mm-hmm. but I'm always curious about, does it play a different part with your children? Because we don't know their numbers yet. They're still developing. I don't, I don't know about my children. I think I know definitely with Seth. Because learning about his type was so good for me. I always have opinions, as we all know. I have <laughs> everything. Lots of opinions over here. But, um, but I think learning about Seth and learning that he really doesn't know what he yeah. wants is life-changing because I think as a Christian woman, you have grown up with this story being told to you that you're going to marry this Christian man and he's going to lead you. And I think that learning that Seth is leading me in his best way is good for me to hear because I think you can, I think as Christian women, we had these expectations of what that could look like and it doesn't necessarily always look that way. Me just being like, what do you mean? Like, you don't have, you don't have an opinion about this or you, you, you don't know what you want or you don't even know why you like me. Like, (laughs) I don't understand. (laughs) You know, it's it's really hard for me to understand that, but to read this and go, no, he really doesn't know. And, um, and then I think also to know that nines can struggle with um, a feeling like their, their voice doesn't matter. I think it's definitely an encouragement for me to constantly ask him, do you really not have an opinion or am I quenching what you want and how can we work together? Because I think that too in me wants him to have a voice and wants him to feel loved and valued. And so I would never want him to feel like his opinion or his wants and needs don't matter. Right. So I think working on that's been good. And it also is a good reminder to me of like, yeah, he probably is not going to ever be able to fully give me what I need um, <laughs> or that he can't really ever win. I mean, I know I joked it the other day. I was like, poor Seth, he can never win. Like, I'm just going <laughs> to feel like I'm never loved for the rest of my life. And there's really nothing he's going to really be able to do to like change that. Um, unless maybe he buys me some gifts that really make me feel uh, valued. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. But, but I think with my children, though, I think any time for me to love people and to want to know why they are the way they are in their stories, I guess it helps me just to know that knowing more about this kind of stuff, well, I'll be able to, as they grow and develop, maybe being able to encourage them in ways that I wouldn't have been able to if I didn't understand maybe some of the layers to them. I'm super excited to see what they become and how they challenge me and how I can challenge them right back and love them where they are too. I don't think right now, I guess I don't even think about it. Other than I think to like, to your point saying it's coming, that rejection from my children, (laughs) like right now I trust their love, but that rejection is going to come. And so I think just being prepared for that and knowing that it's really not personal. They're going through their seasons of life or whatever. And don't get me wrong. I mean, my children, their rebellion was, or their 
not wanting me around. I don't ever remember them not wanting me around. I was just going to say, were we rebellious? Did we not like you? Like, I feel like people, my friends liked you more than they liked me. Like we all liked you, all of us. Yeah. I, I feel like I always had a good relationship with you guys and you always came to me and trusted me. And I know there. That's the nice thing about the Enneagram, learning about the personalities, because there are other personalities who will fight back, who will press a parent and Mm -hmm. push them away to get space, because that's just how they're going to be. That's how God created them to be. And then there are people who don't really push back and don't have a need to. So it's so intricate and so layered and so different. the challenge is, you know, maybe the boys won't ever push back. You never right. know. As we're talking, it reminds me of a conversation we had yesterday because you were saying, I'm thankful that you make your kids hug. Was that yesterday or this morning? I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, it was. We've been <laughs> at some day. point <laughs> when you were talking. I remember making masks <laughs> yeah. multiple days. <laughs> We've literally been inseparable since March 16th, except for the month and she got to go stay with Emily. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think what when you said that, that is a good reminder to me of how the two, how learning this about myself really does. I, I guess it has affected my children and I hadn't thought about it until just now that I grew up in a family that really, there wasn't a lot of hugging or touching. There wasn't a lot of words of affirmation. Um, so I definitely feel like being a two, it's made me really just encourage. I want my kids to hug. I want my kids to feel like they can fully show their affection. And I never want them to ever feel the way that I do. I would never want them to go a day where they didn't feel loved or wanted or needed in this world. And so I feel like probably knowing that about myself, knowing my struggles and my weaknesses is one way that I probably, probably overly do it sometimes with them because I want them to not feel those things. But I think also to, um, also knowing too that I to try to love on them like I really want to love them personally right when I found out I was going to have another boy I was really scared to have another boy not because I didn't love boys because I love boys but I didn't want to ever compare and I Mm -hmm. remember saying that to God being like you know I just don't want to ever compare them please don't let me ever compare them well of course they're so completely different that you can't compare them (laughs) that's true I say to God all the time, be like, okay, well, it's not really what I had in mind when I said that prayer, but you know, I, I really can't compare them. Um, but I think too, like being a two, it really helps me like, okay, where do I love them? I can't put, I can't put both of my boys in a box. I'm really going to have to love them individually where they are too. Like Deacon really wants to be lovey-dovey and you can tell he wants the words of affirmation. So it's, I want to make sure I give that to him and never quench that. Because I think as a mom, we know there's sometimes when we're tired and we're Mm -hmm. aggravated from whatever day we've had. And the last thing I want is my child like on top of me trying to like hug on me. I just, you know what I mean? Sometimes like get off of me and go find something else to entertain you besides me and my body right now. But I think that being a two, I have to go, nope, stop what you're doing. Be mindful of where you are and make sure you love your kid where he is right now, because you're only going to have him for a certain time period of your life before he's gone. And you want to be able to really love him and encourage him to love people. I always tell him all the time, people come like they are obsessive about games which i know for every mom that hates games listening out there i feel you and i 
I hate it too, but my husband's a gamer, so games will be in our life. I always tell them people before games, people before TV. And I always feel like I use that phrase a lot with them. Of when people come over to our house, the game is going to stop. The TV watching is going to stop. And I want you to focus on people. And I tell them all the time, relationships are going to be the one thing that we consistently keep our whole life. Games can always go away in an instant. TV can, all these things. But the people are your legacy. Right. And even if they're not a two, I guess I just want to instill some of those two characteristics in them that people are important. I guess I just think about in the Christian world, people are the currency, I guess, if yeah, you will. You can't you know? take anything with you. Right. I mean, yeah, people are the only thing that's eternal. People are the only thing that matter when yeah. it comes to eternity. And right. So instilling that in your children is such wisdom mm-hmm. that will help them to be able to see people for who they really are. They are loved by Jesus Christ. He died for them. Just being able to honor people as the most important. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's the two in me that wants to keep reminding them that people are important. When I was speaking to Mops, was that just in January or February, Emily? <laughs> it seems like. Yeah, it was in January. Yeah, Gosh, it was like years ago. Long year. <laughs> yeah. Like, so a super a, long year. Not a century ago. That's how I feel. Yeah. But just, I, I know moms, maybe especially, I, this is a big assumption on my part, but with the Enneagram, you have to know yourself. The best way to help your children is to know your own Enneagram, how you respond and react to things, to anger, to shame, to um, fear, to everything, to understand what's going on in you so that you can help them. And so it's just Mm -hmm. really important. We really isn't best for any child to be typed until they're 17 or 18. Um, because I feel like they're trying on all the different types that they see around them as they're growing up. So it's really good to hear your perspective on your children and how you're not trying to put them in a number, but just to love them where they are that day, which some days can just be really hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. yes. Worth yes. it, but hard. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So much. Thank mm-hmm. you. Always have to talk about the Enneagram. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Favorite ladies. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So fun. And, you know, being willing to be recorded and let other people listen to our conversation. We really appreciate that. I know. (laughs) (laughs) It's all right. It's okay. Do you have anything else you want to ask or or say, Mom, before we wrap up? I think so. I mean, in some ways, I feel sorry for JJ living next door to me because she's. Constantly inundated with Enneagram stuff. So I appreciate her willingness to support me and learning it and wanting to help other people with it. Well, I appreciate you getting really into something that I enjoy. (laughs) (laughs) Mutual appreciation. Exactly. It all worked out. So nice. So helpful. And that's God's hand at work. Right. That's right. All right. We'll have one more question for you then, JJ. We, I know you listen to the podcast and so you know that we do good things usually at the beginning, but because we wanted to talk about all of these other things first, we're going to end with that. So what are some good things in your life right now? 
I'm about to go to Colorado in two days. Um, so that is good. That is my happy place. I love it. The fact that I get to share it with family makes it even better because I like myself some cold weather and mm-hmm. we know Oklahoma is not cold. So yeah, I just, some, there's something about being in the mountains. I've always just felt closer to God in the mountains, um, being in nature. Um, and so it's, I don't know, it's just so easy to just let everything else go. And so getting to go to my happy place, especially since we haven't really left this change of scenery, or I haven't left this change of scenery since March 16th, I'm really looking forward to going somewhere else um, and being able to do that with family. I don't know. I mean, I th- when I saw this question on the list, I just kind of giggled because I thought, I mean, if I'm honest with myself, what's not good right now? You know, I mean, we all have our health. Um, none of us have gotten sick and my kids are back in school, which to any, you know, full-time working mom who has had to deal with virtual learning yes. um, since March, them going back to school, they're so happy and getting to watch them. It makes my days a lot longer now that they're in school, but I love watching how happy they are. Yes. Um, and, you know, of course there's that fear every day. I mean, it's just kind of, this whole season has been such a good reminder of like giving it to the Lord. Like you, you really are not, in, we're not in control of anything, nope. even those of us that like to control things. Um, <laughs> right. It's a good reminder. All three of us right here, if we're both, if we're on <laughs> yeah. Parent, like, like, like the control a little bit. So I think, you know, knowing that every single day, it's like, I literally have to hand them off and know that the Lord is in control of whether they get sick or what their life looks like educationally or things like that. Yeah. I just, I, I mean, honestly, I'm super excited about Colorado right now. And if anything gets in my way of Colorado, I'm going to be really mad. But uh, <laughs> Don't get in her way, people. <laughs> don't get in my way. Everything is good right now. I mean, I get to work remotely, which is such a blessing. I told Charlie right before I got, it was probably maybe a month before COVID started. Somebody asked me, I think it was Seth. He was like, if you could do anything in your life right now, what would you do? And I said, well, what I really like is I want to be a stay-at-home mom. And I want to be able to get up and feed my kids breakfast. And then I want to take them to school and come home and be able to work out and do my quiet time. And I want to be able to like clean the house and run the errands and then go pick them up. And then that way I have my evening to do whatever I want and just to be able to really focus on them and spend time with them. And literally that's in my life since March 16th. Um, which maybe not the working out. I just tried to start that last week. <laughs> but, um, but you know what I mean? I mean, I just think, gosh, I remember telling Seth, this is never going to happen. I remember going, that's yeah. never going to happen. So why do I need a dream like, about that happening? And it really has. I mean, obviously I'm still working full time remotely. But, I mean, there's just so many good things. I'm actually getting to live out that dream right now and can't really say a negative thing right now. Yeah, life with no commitment. I mean, I'm still commuting though. Well, Tuesday and Friday now, yes. But, well, no. Well, no. I'm just, commuting every day. <laughs> to, to pick up children and drop them off. Uh, yeah, to drop them off every morning. Yeah, I mean, I, I was getting to sleep till like 8 o'clock every day, get up, yeah. about fixing the hair, put the makeup on. Of course, now I'm getting up at either 5 or 6 o'clock in the morning to drive and come back. And so, yeah, that's a little bit different. But um, yeah, it's nice to be able to go to work and, and see people's faces and touch base with them. I think it has dramatically affected my job because we can't do the team building like we normally would. We can't, I can't 
um, show appreciation to people like I normally would because I can't be there in person with right. them. Um, so that's kind of affected me a little bit as a two, but yeah, I mean, for the most part though, I've, it's changed my, my life, but in a good way, you know, right. Trying to just appreciate those days as they come. That's right. Right. Yep. Yep. I like it. All right, mom, what's your good thing? My good thing. Well, <laughs> we sprung it on you. The bird seed, but my good thing is that, that, is that. that I got my bird seed repaired because um, we're assuming it was a raccoon in the night that totally, you know, broke my bird feeder little house. It's back out there for the first full day and a few weeks. Yeah, that's a good thing. I love that. I love to watch the birds and usually Ashley's over here and I just say the word squirrel and she dashes through the back door. <laughs> And, and they have this, you know, war going on, which I Perfect. like. Well, so good things, just um, trying to enjoy life and have a project I've been trying to work on for two and a half years that I made enormous progress on this week. Yeah. And you'll hear more about that in days to come. Yeah. And she's going to Colorado with me. She's really excited yes. about it. Yes, she's very excited. That should be your good, Charlie. <laughs> that, well, I didn't want As to. As a two, I feel rejected right now. Until <laughs> <laughs> my next, my other good is. <sighs> the boys said that yesterday. What? What did they say yesterday? One of the boys said, "I wish Pinky oh, was, was going Grayson. to Colorado with us." That's Grayson. so funny. Yeah, I mean, we've had this plan for how many months in car yesterday, and he goes. <laughs> Man, I really wish Pinky was going with it. He was asking me, of course, because my 10-year-old has to know every detail of everything in the world right. going on. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, you know, I want to know, do we already have our plane tickets or do we still need to get those seats? <laughs> yeah, I love it. We got those, 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 we've had those for a while now, Grayson. He's like, okay, I mean, I really wish Pinky was going with us. And I'm like, she is going with this. And he's like, what? He's like, yes. And I'm like, oh, seriously? Goodness. That's hilarious. Been all these months. I don't yeah. know. Over there, dream, dream about something. That's so funny. So, it, you know, good things. Just there's just things that are great about being a grandparent that you don't, you two don't get to find out till you're a grandparent. <laughs> till so, much, much later. Things but, that just make your life happy and good. But Emily, do pray for me for this okay. trip because okay. I'm on vacation with two nine. You know. Yes, you're gonna have to make all the decisions. You're gonna want to do. <laughs> yeah. What do we want to do today, folks? Like, I don't know. What do you want to do? Right. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to sit here. Oh, my goodness. I want to go sit on the balcony or porch. That's what she says every Enjoy day. the mountains. I love the mountains. So, you don't want to go on a hike or a bike ride? You guys uh, went on a bike ride yeah, one time? I'll go on a hike. I'll go on a bike ride. I told you I'd go if we get a boat. And All she wants to do is sit and read. I'm like, what about getting a pontoon boat? We could like just be out on the water with the mountains around us. And she's like, oh, sure. I can read. I mean, I can <laughs> Okay. Well, what if we do this? Well, I may not go do that. I'm just going to sit on the balcony and read. And I'm like... You what are you planning on reading? Back porch and read here. Like, what do you want to do there? <laughs> you don't know my history of growing up and going to the every summer from eight on up. At that time, we got bored there and there was nothing to do. So I sat on the front porch and read books and yeah. enjoyed the mountains. <laughs> but as she reminded me the other day, as a nine, if I say, hey, let's go do this, most of the time she'd be like, okay, sure. And yeah, she's, she's going to be happy to do it. Yeah. I won't be glad to. 
No, yeah. she'll oh, be happy. Me. Remember that, Emily. She will not be grudging. Just me. make sure you give her some time to sit on the porch and read every day. <laughs> I I've, I've thought through that. As a two, I've thought through as the week goes along. Yes. How to make sure she gets her porch time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's, <a wonderful laughs> That's, good. That's good. Oh, I love you both so much. We wish, um, we wish you were going with us. Need a pedicure date. Yes, definitely. You should come down here. We can go. My my place is open, so. Our place is open here too. I was thinking about this yesterday. I haven't been down to Dallas since like November. I know. We're should, way past. Should come. Yeah, because we usually go like every so many months or whatever. But yeah. yeah. Have to be on quarantine, you know, when you go to those red states. <laughs> right. Right. You do. Absolutely. Okay. Oh, okay. Spin them out. What? Faster, spin them out as fast or slow as you want. <laughs> My good things? Yeah. Oh. Um, well, I have a confession to make. I've never read Anne of Green Gables. I've so, I, oh, okay. I feel better. What? Uh, I have. I have not. <laughs> okay. So, but here's what I've been doing. I've been listening. I've discovered the app Hoopla. And so you can check audiobooks out through your library for free because I just... I'm really frugal. And so I really struggle with like buying books that I haven't listened to or read on like um, Audible or whatever. And so I don't want to buy them on Audible. I want to just, yeah, but I don't have time to sit down and read. I don't, that's, oh, I don't okay. get to do that. Okay. okay. I, I don't get to sit down. Like I'm listening to books while I'm cooking dinner or I'm doing okay. dishes. So I've been listening to Anne of Green Gables and it's delightful. And, and I really enjoy even the person who's reading it because she's like a, probably a voice actor or something. She does a really good job. So I've been enjoying that a lot. I mean, I would ideally love to sit and read it. That would be my preference. But since I just really don't have time to sit down and read a book, I've been listening to a lot of books. That's and so just exciting because started I Anne of Green Gables. Book. I know, and it reminds me oh, of fall yeah. for some reason. Yes, probably. me too. So yeah. Too. So anyway, you could uh, get that and listen to it on your trip if you well, want. Well, we don't have girls, Emily, unfortunately. Right. But my other friend Emily had it, just had a girl, and someone got her the Anne of Green Gables alphabet. So like every oh, that's letter, it's so cute. A little board oh, book where every letter <laughs> is something that has to do with Anne Green Gables because she's that's a adorable. I um, love it. Yeah, I, I've never read it. I need to. I guess yeah. I just saw the movie when I was a little girl. And yeah, I, yeah, know, me you, too. If you don't have time to sit and read them, like I don't, you should listen to them because so good. No, that's a good idea. I haven't even yeah. thought about that. Yeah. I just started listening to books and I, I listened to like three or four books. On the balcony with me and read them. No, no. <laughs> She's not going to do that. She's going to let you have your time. But you know what though? It just reminds me of like, why have we not had an Anna Green Gables marathon together? Why I don't know. What happened? But I should. Why have I not done this around like the holidays or something? Maybe because we have children. That's probably why. Yeah. That's a great no, idea. Or we could just do like four nights in a row. Or just like watch one a night or something. Yeah. Except for so. the third movie. We don't need to see that. Yeah. No, we'll skip that one. That was a waste of film. So. Anyway. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Green Gables. Anytime people ask me what my favorite movie is and I see Anna Green Gables, they laugh at me and they're like, you must be a purist. Sure. I'll take that as a compliment. Okay. Yeah. But I also. I, I love Anna Green. It's a great one. It's a phenomenal show. You yeah. know? It is. 
Yep, it is. So Excellent good. literature. Exactly. But, you know, we all like the S3. We like the little women, yeah. the Emma's, you know, all that Orion type stuff. Yeah. All right. We should probably stop recording at some point. Uh, <laughs> this is some good material, Emily. This is good material. It is. It is good material. <laughs> but Carrie's going to be like, please stop. So we will She's stop. She's laughing with us. She's <laughs> yes, she is. Well, she will. That is true. We will have you back on sometime. We might just have a girl's day of chatting and maybe after our Anne of Green Gables thing we can get yeah. together and well, what we really need to do is drive down to Dallas and all three be in a room together and do it. That would be oh, so yeah. fun. Yeah, I agree. We can work that up. Yeah. I agree. Okay. All right. Well um thank you again jj for joining us yeah. and thank you everybody for listening we hope you enjoyed hearing what jj had to say thoughts and things about being a two she's so wise and awesome so i hope that you know more about your two or feel like you had maybe some insight or something about yourself if you're a two if you can relate and that you're seen we love you all thanks for listening well that was a lot of fun I always love talking to JJ. That was really enjoyable. Um, what were some things that you liked about what she talked about, Mom? I think it's really exciting to hear that as she studies about being a two and learns about being a two more and more that she's learning not to feel rejected when someone doesn't really need or want her help. She's not taking it personally. I think that's a great sign of growth in a healthy position for two. I'm just really impressed with how much work she's done personally to learn about her Enneagram number and the other Enneagram numbers, you know, to benefit herself in working and communicating with family and co-workers and friends. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just really encouraging to hear people talk about how it's improved their relationships and just being able to see, like she said, I think that she's not a bad person when she right. feels a certain way. Right. Able to say like, okay, I know why I feel this way or why I'm doing this. So that's really encouraging. So we hope you guys were really encouraged by our conversation with JJ today. We love her so much. It's always so fun to talk to her. And we're so glad to get to share her with you guys today. So if you did enjoy what you heard today, if you haven't subscribed, go ahead and hit subscribe on that way. You can be getting our podcast updates every week when we release them. That way you'll get that every week and go ahead and give us a five-star rating and leave us a comment. That way other people can see us if they're looking for something like our show and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Tell us what you're learning. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you want to hear because we'd love to talk about things that you want to hear. So do all those things for us. That'd be really helpful. And if you want to know more about your Enneagram number, what can they do about that mom? I would love it if they would go to my website, which is tandem.coach. That's T-A-N-D-E-M.coach. And you can sign up for a free 30-minute consultation, question answer. We can talk about what you're interested in and go from there if you want to. Yeah, that'd be great. All right. Well, Mom, why don't you pray for us today and we'll finish up. Okay. Father, we thank you so much for the differences that you have created in each of us, which make us so unique. And Father, as we as Christians strive to be more like you, we just thank you for this tool that shows us 
our strengths, our weaknesses, our tendencies towards sin, that with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can overcome in you. So we just thank you for the positive information. We thank you for just the wonder of your creation and your creation of us. And so we come to you with praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for listening today. We love you and we'll see you next week where we talk to someone who is a three.